Hello everyone, coming in here with a quick cold open to let you know that while recording this episode, my microphone was on the wrong setting, resulting in Ethan and I being a bit quieter than Ryan and Ted. Um, It isn't bad when just one person is talking, but when we're all talking at the same time, Ethan and I are noticeably softer. Um, Hopefully it doesn't affect your listening experience because the four of us had a really great conversation that I'm excited to share with you. Please enjoy this episode on the greatest franchise of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the debut grand opening of Mad Villain Bistro Bed and Breakfast Bar Grill Cafe Lounge on the Water, where we offer you the finest and the finer things. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Terry Talks podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perry. I'm Clayton Terry. And I'm Ethan Terry. And we also have a special guest. Hi, I'm Ted Ryan. You may know me from the podcast art that you're currently looking at. So for this episode, we are going to be talking about Star Wars. This is a franchise we all know and love very much. As we sit here, I am next to my lightsaber and 10 Star Wars posters (laughs) in my room. Um, And we're just going to kind of have an informal discussion where we go around and we talk about how we fell in love with Star Wars, um, our favorite movies in the the trilogies, um, our least favorite movies, and kind of the impact it's had on us as we've grown and fallen in love with movies and our creative aspects in terms of Ted's illustration. But I think we just wanted to start off with where we were when we first fell in love with Star Wars. Me, personally, I, um, we have talked about this before, but there's never really been a point in my life where I haven't seen the Star Wars movies, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Like, all my memories, like, oh yes, I have seen the Star Wars movies at this point. But I remember watching um, Return of the Jedi and I remember the ending scene with the celebration of the Ewoks, um, and I was sitting in Mom's room. <laughs> Do you remember? Ethan and I used to watch like a bunch of movies Matrix in there. In yeah, there. we watched the whole uh, Matrix trilogy. But yeah, that's probably my earliest memory is watching the end of Return of the Jedi. So I had already seen the earlier movies, but this is the first one I specifically remember. I prefer the Lego version, honestly. Yes. <laughs> we did have all those games. Yes, we did. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. They are good. Because it came really in the games. collection with the prequels and the originals. <laughs> the complete saga. Yeah. But I, uh, it was very similar with me. I've always been familiar with Star Wars, and as a kid, Return of the Jedi was my favorite. But um, I think it's everyone as a kid. I feel like it was a lot of people's favorite. But uh, what really made me like fall back in love with Star Wars was honestly going and see Force Awakens in theaters. And it was like, it was a odd thing because it's like, I was so familiar with Star Wars. And yet seeing the scroll come down in theaters is like, I, I almost cried. <laughs> and like, I remember. People were cheering when mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars There was like, a standing blared. ovation. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that... Um, uh, that really like rejuvenated the interest for the series for me, and like just before the newest movies, we went back and we rewatched all the movies, and it, it just reminded me how much I love them because it had been forever yeah. since I'd watched them in its entirety from like start to finish, and uh, it was just such a fun experience. Except for the prequels, that was that was rough. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm similar. I like always had a memory of Star Wars. Like I don't remember ever watching the Star Wars movies for the first time. Even the prequels, I don't remember watching for the first time. But I remember the Lego games. I played with lightsabers. (laughs) I dressed up as Obi-Wan for Halloween, I think. But then when Force Awakens came out, I decided to watch all the films in episode order. So I started with the prequels. And at first, it felt like homework because prequels are not very good. (laughs) I like them. Yeah, I do. (laughs) And then uh, I got to the original trilogy. And I remember waking up. It was the day of Force Awakens. So I watched A New Hope, and I thought it was great. But then... Uh, it's the day of Force Awakens. Is, that's 2015, right? Yes. So I'm 14, and I wake up at like 4 4 because <laughs> I, I have to get Empire done before I go to school. And then when I get back to school, I get Return of the Jedi, and then I go to Force Awakens. And uh, what I haven't probably didn't see Empire for like five years. Like I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I didn't remember that well. Watching it at 4.40, incredibly tired, made me fall <laughs> in love with Star Wars. Like, Star Wars... Like, it's so personal to so many people, but, like, it, it felt like mine in that moment, despite it being, like, one of the most popular movies of all time, if not the most popular movie of all time. So I think that's what makes Star Wars so special. And I saw Force Awakens and loved it. And then we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys, I always remember knowing Star Wars as a kid. Uh, I distinctly remember watching Phantom Menace for the first time on VHS from Blockbuster on, like, an old one of those white TVs. 
Uh, I remember seeing Attack of the Clones in theaters. I saw Revenge of the Sith twice. Uh, but before both of those, one of my earliest distinct memories is I was homesick from school. And for Christmas the past year, I got the 2004 Special Edition box set, which had this really cool like silver and black uh, packaging. And before that, I was just kind of like passively enjoying Star Wars. Like, oh, this is fun, you know. But the moment where they're at the the Sarlacc pit and Luke jumps off of the thing and then like catches the lightsaber, the music kicks yeah. in. Oh my, my jaw God. like awesome. dropped. I was like, what? And then he starts like jumping around and like, you know, fighting people. And like my like seven-year-old me like lost my mind. I was jumping around the room with Luke, you know, it was like that like from that moment on, like Star Wars was my thing. And so growing up, I was always drawing uh, TIE fighters and clone troopers and X-Wings and space battles and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I love the Legos and the toys and the action figures. And, you know, Star Wars has always been a big part of my life. I think I kind of like shied away from it in middle school. And then when the new movies came out, I kind of like sort of got back into it and now i'm like kind of back into it you know like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm keeping it sort of at arm's length so ted you're an illustration major and we were talking before that star wars as well as other media that you kind of consumed as a kid had an pirates of the caribbean too <laughs> dead man's dress um, <laughs> the best one <laughs> with the wheel oh it's so good let's just oh like, yes let's, let's do a pirates podcast <laughs> we gotta talk about the fifth one <laughs> Yeah, um, so, like, when you're a kid, you don't really, like, think about movie making. You know, you, you see what's presented, you listen to it, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, the, the verisimilitude, the artificial reality that you fully believe in. And then, you know, you know, once I got older and I started, like, getting more into art, I really came to appreciate, like, how iconic, you know, like, the, the beauty of Star Wars is how simple everything is. TIE Fighters, it's like an H. X-Wing, it's an X. It's like, and you know, the Star Destroyer, it's like a dagger in the sky. It's so, like the visuals communicate so much without a single word being said. And, you know, once I got into high school, I really fell in love with um, Ralph McQuarrie's concept art, which the new movies draw heavily upon. Um, and it's just, you know, some of the most beautiful work. I'd love to be a concept artist. And it just... It's hard for me to put into words of how much I love that art because it's like it's like it's so close to the final films, but sometimes it's so radically different, you know. And mm -hmm. it's like it's awesome to picture how different it could have been. Um, and you know, I whenever I'm working on something, I always think back to like I gotta simplify it. I gotta gotta make this character look simpler, you know. Like less is more. I always think. Well, that also goes to the plot. I feel like because. Um... Star Wars is a very simple, like, hero's journey story that's been told since the beginning of Western time. But uh, the uh, element, the science fancy elements that play a huge role in it makes it so distinct and so interesting. Like, um, Darth Vader is the most iconic villain. Definitely. In, in film history, probably. Yeah, and it's like, he's a very... When you think about Darth Vader, he's a very simple character... But there's, the filmmaking does so much to add to his presence, especially in Empire. Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't even... Uh, and, like, the art of a filmmaker is to make it feel so natural that's like, it just works perfectly, I think. It's weird going back to 4 after seeing all the other films, and Darth Vader is essentially, like, Tarkin's, like, executioner. Yeah, yeah it's He doesn't weird. even play a huge role. Like, he's at the beginning, he's at the trench run at the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of, you know, it's a lightsaber duel, but, you know, he's got that history with Obi-Wan. But, really, he's not the antagonist of the first film. Is the Imperial March even in? I don't know. I think it's uh, yeah, yeah. So, we've been talking about Empire, and I think, so, A New Hope is, or Star Wars, is an incredible movie. And you brought up the hero's journey, and just thinking about Luke, like, looking at the dual sunset, mm -hmm. just, like, makes Binary me tear and that's why I think of when people say the hero's journey, yeah. um, no matter the context. But and then I think and then Empire comes out one, three, four years later, and I think that is what solidified 
that that trilogy as not only one of the best pieces of like blockbuster content, but also like the deeper narrative mm-hmm. that these films can accomplish. And I know that it's my personal favorite movie from the Hoth battle, mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes in movies period, the lightsaber battle, best lightsaber battle of the franchise. As a visual person, I just love the 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 black silhouettes on the blue foggy background with the oh, orange underlight in the carbonite freezing so chamber. Cool. One an amazing visual with yeah. like a spider spider like lights. Beautiful, beautiful. I know you guys also. Yeah, Empire, Empire is probably my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> like Empire is just so good. I get chills constantly throughout the movie. Like the, when I think what is my favorite movie of all time, no movie even comes close to something so personal, but also so like so great and. Yeah, mystical. Mm-hmm. Empire is also my personal favorite Star Wars movie. I don't know if I would say it's my favorite movie, but it's definitely top five, top four. It's absolutely incredible, and like the the um, the way it adds to the Star Wars universe is just uh, I I don't even know how to how to explain it. It just expands upon A New Hope, and yet feels so personal mm-hmm. and yet it's like it's luke's journey and i think that's a very um that's a very especially with the advent of the new films it seems like uh that lightning in a bottle that the first right. two films and even return of the Jedi, is uh impossible to recapture mm-hmm. no matter how much money disney has <laughs> uh and like i said before growing up as a kid Return of the Jedi was my favorite. And because of that, it's still my favorite. Um, and I can acknowledge it's not the best Star Wars film, but like it, it's like my personal favorite. Because it, it takes me back to when I was homesick from school with my Star Wars toys. And it, it's, 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 it's the most personal film for me. Probably the most fun one, too. It's Return great. Yeah, it is great. I, I don't think it's as good as the other two. No, like, me neither. People like, rip on it. And like when it came out, critics panned it, but it is like still a really, really good movie. And in my opinion, that's incredible finish to the yeah what yeah. the first two movies set up. Mm-hmm. Like the the stuff between um Vader, the Emperor, and Luke is really satisfying. Yeah, so no, that's it, great. Was, and you know, the Emperor was only in like one scene in the fifth the fifth movie, uh, Empire, Empire yeah. and uh, he has like Ian McDermott, I think, was it. Uh, he, he gives a really great and memorable performance. You know, it's kind of like very generically evil, but he was scary as a kid with the lightning. Like, he was, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, so scary. And his voice is just so nasty. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And the, the chair and like the window, it's like a spider web again. Like I love, like that simple, you don't notice it, you know, but your brain does, you know. And the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise when he, when he <laughs> yeah. etched that into my soul. Best scene in the prequels. I'll say that. Yes, it is. Best scene in the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are joking about the prequels but Ted mentioned that he does legitimately like them and I hate the first two I find the third one is watchable I think Ooh. you guys disagree with that I think I think all of them are watchable yeah. <laughs> the problem is when I watch the prequels they, when I watch them all in a row usually they're in between the other movies or they're like I'm watching them with the other movies and uh, you're just waiting to get to yeah, the original mm-hmm. yeah. it's like Home Alone or something. <laughs> not a thing I think Phantom Menace is the worst Star Wars movie. I think it is... Uh... <laughs> I just recoil. <laughs> it's just like, going back to it, I feel like the... Uh, it's it's boring for a lot of it, I feel like. To me, anyways. And uh, I feel like it's... Um, even the acting, I don't think... I think like Attack of the Clones acting is better. I think she's a good actress. Not a great actress. No, yeah, no. She, I don't know what she was doing. Really there. But no one is. Like, Samuel L. Jackson doesn't give, like, a memorable performance. Yeah, the best was, part is Ewan McGregor. I will say, I think he was miscast in the role of Mace Windu. Yeah. It should have been mm-hmm. a more wizened actor in that role. Mm-hmm. I um, I haven't rewatched all the prequels recently, but, like, we, we, we rewatched the um, Duel with Darth Maul um, 
recently just like on YouTube. Yeah. And that stands out to me. Um, as a kid, I remember loving it, and then I rewatched it, and it holds up. So are there like mm-hmm. certain scenes from the prequel that you guys like? During, I love the Darth Maul scene a lot, but during it, it like intercuts with the Jar Jar Binks battle. And yeah. That is true. And that just looks <laughs> the the oh, Microsoft XP wallpaper. <laughs> so the the best part of the the problem with the prequels is the best part of the prequels is intercut with the worst part of the prequels. Yeah, so when you have, it. yeah, but it's just like I don't know. Maybe it's just that the plot, the battle with Darth Maul, is so much more engaging than the stuff with Jar Jar Binks. And the score's still great. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think I honestly think the prequel scores are better than the original trilogy scores. Oh, I think. Maybe. There's a lot of tracks that stick out more in my mind. Duel of the Future. That's the one yeah. that sticks out the most. Yeah. Um, I, I can't really recall the prequel scores. but For me personally, it's I really respect George for not uh, doing a repeat of the original trilogy. Yeah. The prequels mm-hmm. feel distinctly their own, yeah. while at the same time, I still believe it to take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And it's it feels much more like mythological and like more of like a epic like the odyssey feel you know of like you know anakin and obi-wan i really believe mm-hmm. their relationship as like brothers torn apart um hating christensen uh, i think he's a bit eh, in uh he's not gonna clones yeah. but i think he he gives a really great performance yeah. in the third one i don't blame hating christensen entirely because like you know natalie portman didn't do a good job and yet we give her a pass and uma gregor even his like he's an amazing he's, actor he's, he's probably the best one in the prequels yeah, but he's, he's great all I around say, i like yeah. him as obi-wan i, I really do yeah. there's people who want the uh oh, yeah, obi-wan standalone oh i do i want mcgregor i want mcgregor as obi-wan so there was um i've been reading the marvel star wars comics run and there was a really great issue where it's basically luke goes back to obi-wan's cabin at tatooine and reads his journal Ooh. And it's like awesome. young Obi Wan arguing with like Uncle Owen, uh, Uncle Owen, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like saving little Luke from like Tuscan Raiders. And it's like this could be a full film that's right awesome. here. Ethan, you have the one idea of an Obi Wan movie that's like similar to Logan, yeah, like a, like a James Mangold movie where it's like darker and like. Well, it sucks because like I've seen the scene from Rebels, but like Darth Maul eventually plays Darth Maul mm-hmm. on which is a cool scene, but like it's the only good scene in the entirety of the show. I oh, watched really? it. It's, it's really <laughs> lackluster. I've heard good things. So bad. Watched the entirety of Rebels except for the last two episodes. I've seen the Ahsoka and Darth Vader scene. Oh, that's, that's also all right, cool. Yeah, that's the yeah. other good scene. Have you seen all of Clone Wars? I have. What? Do you, do you Does it hold up? Because <laughs> we love it. Well, before we talk about the, the, the 3D Clone Wars, you have to talk about Gendy Tartakovsky's 2D Clone Wars mm-hmm. from 2003. From, you know, people who did the Samurai Jack series. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love that series. Um, and the whole time I was watching the 3D one, I was just wishing I was watching the wow. 2D one. The action feels kind of lackluster. Um, they do some cool world building here and there. Do the original characters carry over? Like, are they, is Ahsoka in the 2D one? I know the, nothing about the 2D one. Oh, so. um... It's more of like, no, nothing really carries over. Oh, okay. Um, you know, Ahsoka, uh, you guys know that character? Yeah. yeah. I kind of don't like her as a character. It's not that I don't think she's a bad character. I just feel like, yeah, it, I don't think she's particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, it always felt like Rebels was trying to be Clone Wars, and it never found its own voice. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I don't feel like Clone Wars expanded on the prequels, and I felt like it, it's integrated well. Mm-hmm. Rebels, I feels like brings down the original trilogy. They're making a new one with like yeah, they're making stuff. New... I saw the trailer. It does not look good. It, Even the animation it's for, looks bad. it's for a younger audience. They've said yeah. that, but I don't. I'm not gonna watch that. Yeah, well, well, he indirectly he has some someone in his squad kills someone, and he's like, "Don't look at that." What? It's weird. It's very odd. Uh, I'd say like overall I don't like the prequels but I'm glad they exist because I love Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and I think of him as Obi-Wan more than I think of Alan Guinness just because yeah, I, me too. like we've talked about there's never been a point in my life where I don't remember having seen those movies and there's much more of Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan than there is of Alan Guinness's mm-hmm. and I think Darth Maul is a cool villain and I like that fight I like what it did with the Clone Wars and how it affected yeah, the extended yeah. mm-hmm. universe so even though I disagree that like just because they tried something new, it's like inherently has some value, but I do like what it contributed to the um, franchise. There's 
there's one fan theory from like the 70s and 80s that I want to discuss is that um apparently uh, it's like Luke asked like you were in the Clone Wars to old Ben yeah. uh, apparently some people thought that the name Obi-Wan meant like Obi-Wan and that Obi-Wan was like the original and that were clones of Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars oh that was one of the God. theories out there <laughs> So let's get that movie. Let's get yeah. clones of Obi Wan out there. Clones of Obi Wan McGregor running around. <laughs> that would be amazing. Obi Two, Obi Three. We made the joke where it's like we like to imagine George Lucas saw train spotting and Ewan McGregor climbing out of the toilet, and he's like, he makes a great Obi Wan. Yeah, I honestly don't know what he saw in him. No, but like I've Thank seen God. the documentary, which is the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah, the beginning, which is an incredible like like thesis on auteur theory without even trying to be like it's so the behind the scenes features now like you look at mission impossible or new star wars and it's like man ryan johnson or christopher mccrory and tom cruise they're so smart they know what they're doing like this is great whereas this documentary it's like everyone's like just kind of shrugging <laughs> just and, go with yeah, it yeah no one knows what george is doing yeah, and he yeah. doesn't really know might have gone off too far in a couple of places. <laughs> I love the footage of him in the theater. Like, they had the guy in the Jar Jar suit the whole time, and afterwards they're yeah. like, it's cheaper to use a green screen. <laughs> they CGI had the whole character, and he was sitting there in like fucking Turkey or Tunisia, wherever they filmed it in like 110 degree weather. Like, oh my god. So but, um, oh, that's such a good documentary. I don't even know where I was going with that. But I'm glad. Can we talk about it's George funny. Lucas? Because yeah. I, I really love him as mm-hmm. a person. Same. Um, I don't think any other person has had such a profound impact on cinema. Not only with Star Wars, Star Wars but with Skywalker Sound mm-hmm. and THX and... Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, and, you know, and ILM and mm-hmm. what a huge effect that FX House mm-hmm. has had on the industry. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. Or his like his influence on like video games with LucasArts. Yes, or his uh huh, and uh, he re- helped write or produced or the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, he wrote. Them. Oh, he, he did write. Yeah, three. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. I think he wrote last three. Did he really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Because we just watched that last night. Yeah. Uh, Great film. He also did Red Tails, uh, which is a film that we won't talk about. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know that. American <laughs> Graffiti. That he is did that. Cool. Haven't seen mm-hmm. that. Haven't seen either, but figured oh. I'd bring it up. People always, they do this now with the sequel trilogy, especially against Ryan Johnson, but they attack, like, these people, and, like, I know George Lucas, like, the hate he's gotten for the prequels has, um, like, really affected his mental health. Maybe yes, not so much yeah. now, but it did back then especially. Mm-hmm. And Jake Lord, the kid that played little Anakin, like, he got really messed up because of all the hate. And mm-hmm. I've never, like, subscribed to this notion that, like, people, especially with Star Wars, think that, like, oh, these events really happened, and when they tell a story they don't like, like, oh, you're telling it wrong. Like, no, you're not. Like, all of this is made up. This was all made up by George Lucas and then J.J. Abrams and then who directed um, Empire Strikes Back? Urban Kershner. Yeah, Urban Kershner. Like, it's just a bunch of people, like, their idea of Star Wars. And we could talk more about, like, the toxic fan base with Mm -hmm. the sequels, but... Well, I think Star Wars is so special because it's so personal to everybody. Like, I feel like, once again, despite it being, like, the biggest franchise ever, it still feels like mine. So whenever someone that was mine, yeah, <laughs> I feel like a foreign invader is like coming in when like when I don't like the newer mm-hmm. trilogy or like parts of the newer trilogy, I feel like they're stepping on what I do. Not to mention the ubiquity of the series, where it's like you know, in a Walmart before the movie comes out on Blu-ray, there's stormtroopers walking around, <laughs> or like really, have you seen that? Isn't that a thing? Is, That's so. Cool. I think that was on Empire. Did nothing wrong. Uh, oh, t- there's a bunch of stormtroopers walking around like a Walmart, and it's like the boys in white yeah. <laughs> doing know, their due diligence. I know our trip to Disney, like, re- yeah. that was like, I was all in on the last Jedi at that point, but that also reinvigorated my love of Star Wars. Just like mm-hmm. living in this world, and they haven't even expanded upon like the Star Wars land, which I want to do in Hollywood Studios. Yeah. But like, yeah, that it just feels so personal. At mm-hmm. the same time, it's the most popular piece of fiction, like, probably ever. The I don't w- know what we're the wait for BB-8 was 75 minutes. The wait to meet BB-8. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it's a ball with a head that moves around. Exactly. BB-8 is a pretty great design. I love yeah, that. I love BB-8. I love BB-8. Mm-hmm. When he does that little lighter. <laughs> oh. But so we've, we've been talking about the newer movies, and um, I think it would be a good point to kind of transition into the sequel trilogy now and then also the side-off 
Star Wars stories. Um, I know we all feel differently about the movies, so maybe if we just want to go around and say how we feel about each of the four newer ones. Um, do you want to start, Ryan? Yeah, sure. So um, I mentioned earlier that going into Force Awakens reinvigorated my love for Star Wars, and I'd say Force Awakens is my third favorite Star Wars movie. I think I think it's uh it goes Empire, New Hope, Empire, and not not Empire, <laughs> sorry, Force Force Awakens, and then Return of the Jedi. And I really uh, there was something about going into Force Awakens where I felt like it was a lot of people say it's a retread of a New Hope, and I think it treads enough ground that new I think it has enough new elements to make uh, the characters and the world to bring more life to it while also, you know, getting you back into something that's extremely familiar. I just, uh, it was a very personal film to me and I really loved that film and then wrote, and then it steadily went down <laughs> from Force Awakens because I think, uh, I think I, I really, I, Rogue One is uh, pretty good. Yeah. It's like the ending is great. The last act is great. And everything before that is a little, uh, I wouldn't say like, yeah, like slow. I wouldn't say boring, but slow. And then I think uh, Last Jedi is just under Rogue One. And I think Solo is not just under Last Jedi, but I think it's under, I think it's under pretty far. But I think like, I don't know, it's just interesting. Like I was all for the new movies when they were coming out. And now the advent of, Ryan Johnson's getting a trilogy, and uh, those are couples. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, Dan and DB are getting a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I really wonder so what direction they're going to take with that trilogy. Yeah, oh, really. yeah. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens. I was super excited for it. We, me and my friends, basically went to a private screening for it for a charity event. It was like us and like maybe ten other people max. So it felt like we had the theater to ourselves. And, you know, like I said, you know, standing ovation when the Star Wars came up. And, you know, while watching it, it was a blast. We had a whole lot of fun. We were laughing at the jokes. We, I was actively invested. I was excited. Uh, and then afterwards, we grabbed food. And we started talking about the film, you know. And then we started thinking about, like, we were talking about what we did like. And then we started talking about what we didn't like. And now I would say that The Force Awakens is my least favorite Star Wars film. Um, ever. Ever. Wow. Okay. I, um, in the same way how Return of the Jedi isn't the best film, it's still my favorite. Like, Force Awakens is a good film. I think it's a good film. It's fun. It's a great mm-hmm. introduction, introduction to Star Wars for new audiences, especially children that are now getting into it for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a retread of Thor, and, and it does not try and hide it. Um, the art book, the concept art book for Force Awakens, gives a lot of great insight to the development and the production of the film. And essentially, I'm not completely sure, but I remember it was it was like they had the main point of the film was finding Skywalker, the map to Skywalker, like that treasure hunt. That's great. I love that part of the film. Um, but then Disney essentially said, or the producers essentially said, we need a Death Star trench run. And that's that's where I think the film completely falls apart. Starkiller Base is a pale comparison to the Death Stars, plural. Um, it doesn't have the same weight. As, yes, when the Hosnian Prime, those whatever the yeah. New Republics, no one has a reaction to it. People are like, oh no. Like, like Leia, we felt Alderaan's death or destruction because of Leia's immediate devastation. You know, like, we weren't shown Alderaan, but we saw saw her. And no one cares. Like, Leia kind of sits down after it. Like, we have no reason to care for it as an audience. It just feels like... Uh, it just it frustrates me. You know, it just feels a wasted opportunity. There's no stakes. Exactly. Nothing changes in the story when that happens. Mm-hmm. And I love the new character. All the, the all the new cast is great, um, but my my going back to the retread, I hate the fact that it's just the Empire and the Rebellion again. The new designs for the Empire are cool, but it feels like it invalidates the entire original trilogy. You know, yeah. like I like how Luke failed the Jedi Academy. I think that is really awesome, but I hate how Leia failed the New Republic. I really mm-hmm. wish they went in a different direction, um, and just. 
it, it's so mind-boggling, and they like don't explain any of the politics or world-building. And that's why I love Rogue One, is because it, it took me back to that sense of adventure, yeah. mm-hmm. the verisimilitude in like the false world. They did so much world-building, like the city of Jeddah, and the Death Star, and Galen Erso. And mm-hmm. I can't not think of Rogue One when I think of Four. It really complements. Yeah. Um, and, oh, sorry. You go, you go. Oh, the influence of New Order is also questionable. Like, in Force Awakens, they're like a terrorist group. And then by yeah. Last Jedi, they're a government. Yeah, it's like, and I think it yeah. makes more sense in Force Awakens. Not that, like, you know, the New Order just kind of pops First up. Order. But First Order, New Order. <laughs> that's new that's order. the band. <laughs> um, First Order, uh, just, it's more believable in Force Awakens because you're never shown how much power they have. They just have a giant planet that can destroy other planets. It's not like, it's not like they have a... Uh, it's not like they're shown that they rule the galaxy. They mm-hmm. just like have their own little section and their terrorist group. The and then I feel like in Last Jedi, it turns it into this huge government. It's like the Empire again, and it, I feel like it's a huge like, and it's like a three day a day or like three <laughs> days between the two, and it's just very. I found that bizarre. I think it works in Force Awakens. I don't think it works in Last Jedi. And like the lack of world building, I think is a result that like a lot of people complain that there are too much politics in the prequels. So I feel like Disney like didn't want to do like any of that. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize, but there is like almost constant world building in episode four. Yeah. You know, like almost every other scene explains parts of the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the most notable scene, I think, is the um, the Imperial Council discussing this, the disembarkment or the disbandoning of the Imperial Senate and that the Emperor has put the power in like local governors. Like... As a kid, you're just seeing, like, the governor's talk, but it's, like, it's background information. And then you see Vader choke someone with the Force. So it's, like, character building while at the same time world building. And I just feel like there's nothing interesting in these new movies about the world they inhabit. There's, like, it's, like, oh, forest planet, snow planet, desert planet. It's, like, I've seen it before. It's purposely familiar. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's not hot. <laughs> it's salt. Mm, it does look really good. In the next movie, they're going to go to Endor, and the guy's going to like lick the tree, and it's like, it's bark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a planet. Like, I don't I feel like if I was in Star Wars, I wouldn't just lick the planet. Like, I lick dirt. It's poison. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, the ground underneath it's red. <laughs> okay, so rip the band aid off. How do you feel about Wait, 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 wait. I oh. need to continue. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh-huh. You talk about The Last Jedi. Uh-huh. Uh, I liked it. Not completely. I respect it for taking risks. Love the stuff with Kylo and Rey and Snoke. Uh, wasn't crazy about the casino planet, but pe- other people have said that. I hate all the comedy in it. And... Yeah, that's my thoughts. And then Solo... I went in expecting to hate it because all the backlash and the boycotts and the the news behind the scenes news, but uh, I thought it was good and uh, I had fun and uh, I believed him in the role of Solo. And yeah, I don't really have anything more to say about Solo. I think he was one of the better parts of Solo. Definitely, like I yeah, didn't I think. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm gonna talk about the other films and people like Jedi. But I, I like <laughs> I like Force Awakens a lot. I thought it brought me back into Star Wars. I'm with you. I think it brought mm-hmm. back into Star Wars. It, it felt like it didn't bite off more than it could chew. Yeah, I think it, all my problems in Force Awakens, I kind of like. I, I agree with the world building stuff. I don't think it was like nearly as good as the original, even like first prequels. Like I don't like the world building, but I kind of was like, I was hoping that the next movie would do that, and that uh, like I it didn't matter in Force Awakens because there's two more coming out. And then I saw Rogue One. I liked it. I thought it was good. I don't think it's nearly as good as Force Awakens or Return of the Jedi, but I, I like it more than all the prequels and I thought it was a good film. But, uh, and then Last Jedi came out and uh, I was very <laughs> upset. I, I, I don't like a lot of The Last Jedi. I, I don't like most of The Last Jedi. I think it's, uh, I, think, I don't think the writing's very strong. I don't think uh, the tone is all off for me because we watched all the movies in a row to Last Jedi in episode order. And, like, I feel like Ryan Johnson subverted expectations for the sake of subverting expectations. And there's some things I do. Like, like I don't I don't mind stuff, Steph, and I don't mind Ray's parents being nobody. 
but just like a bunch of other stuff, I felt like he was just doing to surprise us rather than actually. Such as? Uh, I guess uh, just, I guess, I, I'm, like, I don't even like the Kylo and Ray stuff. Like, I didn't, I didn't really believe that Kylo Ren would, would like, was, I didn't believe that Kylo Ren and, Kylo Ren was ready to kill Snoke and ready, ready to do all that. I just didn't, I didn't buy that. And then I didn't buy his relationship with Ray that much. And then he, then he immediately turns back into like his all evil power, that which I didn't like. I felt like that was a wasted opportunity. Yeah. I really wish like Ray joined him in that yeah. moment, and then like it's like I'll join you if you stop being so evil. And it's like I wish he just said like Yeah, sure. Like that would have been like way more interesting. Yeah. I've been really excited for the next film. I don't buy that Poe and Finn aren't into each other. Yeah. That's my biggest problem. Be. Poe. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like all the Rose and Finn stuff because I, I feel like the Ray and Kylo stuff and the Rose and Finn stuff are treated equally, but I think the weight of them are very different. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand the motivations of Rose and Finn. Like, I, like, Rose keeps telling Finn, like, oh, people are suffering. It's like he knows. He was, a, he was forced to become a stormtrooper and then had to escape it. I don't understand why Rose is telling him this. And then, yeah, I just, and then all that world stuff, too much CGI does not look good. Like, my favorite part about Star Wars is all the practical effects. And Force Awakens, I was like, all right, fine, they're using a lot of CGI, but then, like... There's a lot of practical effects. Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. But well, Last Jedi, I felt like everything looked fake. It just didn't feel like Star Wars. I, I just agree with Candlelight. I think Candlelight looks fake, but I think everything else looks pretty good. It's passive. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Solo? Yeah, Solo's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, there's no need to explain. I don't need, like, the, the whole... The dice. You know, we... He gets everything. He yeah. becomes Han Solo. Like I didn't buy mm-hmm. that, especially because it seems like they were trying to do like a not trilogy, but more films with Solo. Mm-hmm. And so why did they expand that? But it's like he gets the gun, he finds Chewie, he shoots first, <laughs> he has the, the castle run. He does the castle run. He mm-hmm. has the dice. And the castle he meets run. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. <laughs> Lando Calrissian. He meets Childish Gambito. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and my only problem because we just watched the Last Crusade. I was thinking about this. It's also Harrison Ford. Like. In the beginning of Last Crusade, he gets all the like memorable things. He gets the hat, he gets a scar, he gets the whip, mm-hmm. and I like that sequence. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's cute. cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's also also uh, just, Indiana know. Jones is already ridiculous. Like all the films are ridiculous, yeah. so it's like it's it's more it was uh, Star Wars. It feels more like oh, this is a huge universe. But then Indiana Jones, it's like we're just having fun. Yeah, it's super. I don't know. I do want to talk about the Kessel Run because. There are some things that are better left unexplained. Mm-hmm. And the Kessel Run was always something that, like, set your imagination off. Yeah. It's like 12 parsecs, you know, uh-huh. or it's yeah. like, and the way he talked about it, it's like, what, what, you know, it's like, it just makes you think. It's and a, now like that we see it, line. I don't care. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, the robot was the one that was, like, navigating for him. Yeah. So I feel like it makes Han Solo less special. Yeah. It feels like fan fiction. Solo feels like yes. fiction it feels like a else. Wikipedia uh, article. Like, it doesn't feel canon to me. Like it's like that's not like I actually do like a performance of Han Solo thing. Uh, Alden Iron, Alden Iron. I think, I think but uh, yeah, I, his performance is fine, but it just doesn't feel like Han Solo. Like everything around him, everyone around him, it just doesn't feel like Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I'll work backwards because we're talking about Solo for how I feel about the movies. Um, I really hated Solo. Um, we talked about it after we me and my brothers we saw it together yeah. and um we talked about it afterwards and i told them that i felt like walking out the first hour it Damn. was it felt like it was insulting me um oh, the cool. fucking where it's like han what's your last name uh, oh yeah it's his name i like that uh, that's, that's the like... one that's the one like oh i hate it scene where they explain his backstory that's the only scene of that in the film that i like it. It. It, it was cute went to ryan Ugh. <laughs> yeah, he really, really wanted that. Really? Yeah. Oh, the writing is just—it's so bad. I everything. The dialogue's stupid, and then the like you were talking about the fact that he's—are you telling me he gets these clothes in this movie and he wears the same outfit? I don't like. Yeah. It's like a fifteen-year difference. He, so he doesn't grow at all. I'm really glad they didn't explain the red stripe that went down his pants because the old expanded universe made a whole backstory for his pants. Not even joking. Well, the old extended universe would have, would like explain everything. Yeah, every single character was involved in the rebellion somehow. With the exception, we talked about 
Han Solo, and everyone was riffing on him. And I thought Al Oppenheimer did do a good job. Yeah, I but think he set too. to fail, and I think he didn't. So. And of course, Donald Glover was incredible. Like, yeah. Every other character is fucking awful. Paul Bettany as like the main bad guy. So forgettable. Yeah. So forgettable. Amelia Clark, I thought she could act every really, season seven of Game of Thrones, and I don't think she I can. I really don't like her as an actress, I, I think. It's a shame, because I think Paul Bettany does a great job, in, at, as just as a villain. Okay. Yeah, as Paul Bettany, but it's just like he's such an unmemorable villain. Mm-hmm. I don't like Woody okay. Harrelson. Like I forget no, he's in the movie. Thady Newton's in the movie. Barely. Yeah. What I do like, I do actually like the castle run. I feel like the second half of that movie is. I think it looks good. Yeah. The, it looks when the asteroid chase music kicks in during that scene. I was like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll concede it. If, I'm having fun. If you know? it wasn't Star Wars, it'd be like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I just prefer it was. All the explained. visuals and stuff. I really like. I like the director's mm-hmm. style, and I like it. Felt. Um, I think it felt. <laughs> I felt like the film was very muddy. And I don't like the cinematography. It was very dark. Yeah. I, I thought something was wrong with the screen. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It, I just want to say real quick, the person next to me during Solo pulled out a nail filer and started filing her nails, and that's my review of the film. That happened to me, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really? No. So okay. <laughs> I was like, who two people go? <laughs> Our audience felt so uninterested in the movie, and then they clapped at the end. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> they clapped at the end? Yeah. I think it, people just clap at the end of every Star Wars movie. It's like cans. How they boo every movie. Clap at the end of Last Jedi, I don't think. Speaking of movies that deserve to be clapped at the end, Last Jedi, I... Good transition. <laughs> even if I disagree. <laughs> I loved, I loved, loved, loved The Last Jedi. It is... When you guys talk about um, Last Jedi being... Or um, Force Awakens being your third favorite movie... Walking out of the movie, I was like, that may be my second favorite. That may be above the original. It's not now. It's not now. Don't give me that. It's not now. You texted me. You were like, is that better than Empire? I just, I did it sometimes. I was like, uh. I I remember when um, you came back to the dorm, and I didn't see it with you guys because I wanted to see it with my friends back home. And I remember you were like. You pretended. You you pretended not to like it. And I was like, oh, there we go. So I I set my expectations low for films, and I'm like, validated. Then he tricked me. Got me. Like, cried through so much of that movie. Watching Carrie Fisher as Leia, like, come back to life. Like, okay, the CGI looks stupid. Whatever. But that meant so much to me, like, thematically, and also, like, on a meta level. Like, she had just passed away, and that was one of the, like, two or three celebrity deaths that, like, really impacted me. Um, Seeing that in that movie meant so much. Um, The Luke ending bit, him... um, he just did the force projection, and then he's sitting on that thing, and it's the dual sunset. Like that, I'm getting chills just thinking. Why was the robot arm take away? Fuck off! <laughs> Why wouldn't it? He has, the blue, li- he has yeah. the blue lightsaber. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> the force. The, qu- the question is, did Anakin have his robot arm yeah, when he is? I think I agree. The Canto bite stuff is a little silly. I personally enjoy watching it in the, on like a silly level, but the Ray and Kylo stuff is incredibly bold in my opinion it's one of the most interesting arcs in star wars period like i think kylo ren is one of the most interesting characters in star wars because like luke at the end of the day is like pretty because you're supposed to see yourself in luke so he's not always the most developed character they had the issue where it's like any villain would be compared to darth vader and um, it's awesome that they incorporated that yeah. into the character yeah, itself, that he, he wanted to be Vader in mm-hmm. Force Awakens. And I think the original trilogy is about Luke being pulled to the dark side, and I think this trilogy is going to be about Kylo Ren being pulled to the light side. Yep. And I think that voice inside his head that's always pulling him is Darth Vader. Like, no, I was wrong. You are idealizing the incorrect version of me and like not what I truly believe at, at my death. And just visually, the film works for me on so many levels. You guys make fun of the salt planet, but I love that. It's a cool. It's, it's a beautiful cool. film. It's like cool. it, the direction and the cinematography is some of the best I think in the Star Wars franchise. The shot of Leia with like the the K from Blade Runner twenty forty nine jacket like obscuring her face, oh, yeah. and then, like the thing slowly come out of the fog and it's all white. Like every five minutes, there's a shot in that movie that I wish I had like. On a giant poster. You're not doing any favors comparing Last Jedi to Blade Runner 2049. I'm gonna, war- I'm gonna warn you. <laughs> They're both equally great. <laughs> but yeah, and then Rogue One, first two acts, kind of slow. Don't dislike them, but they're I didn't fine. really. Yeah, they're fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't get attached to anyone. Third act, incredible. That was the first time we got like a war in yeah. Star Wars, and. I think they did it really well. They did it on like a beach planet, which you wouldn't yeah. expect from Star Scarif. Wars. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's awesome. The Battlefront map. 
was yeah, one of yeah, the better yeah, maps yeah. in Battlefront. It looks like a Battlefront map. It I does. Just, well, what they did is that for the mm. new Battlefront games, they literally just take the assets from the special effects and put them in the game. Oh, really? Because the engine is so good now. Uh, I didn't awesome. know that. Yeah. And with the Too bad assets, it came out with four maps. To, uh, improve the assets because, like, oh, really? they're like now like graphics have improved, so it's like they have to improve mm-hmm. like the battle droid models and stuff like that. Really cool. Death Star wasn't playable in the launch. That, that makes me mad. But otherwise, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, the Darth Vader scene, the end of Rogue One. Oh, oh so good. So good. Completely yeah. fan service, but still awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we never get that. Everyone's so scared of Darth Vader in the original Star Wars, and then you see him fight Obi Wan. He's like. Hey. Because <laughs> like, yeah. it's two old men. Yeah, but um, like you see in Rogue One, why the galaxy is terrified of this guy, mm-hmm. and why you should be too. And like Ted was talking about, they work so well, Rogue One and the original Star Wars, like as companion pieces. It's and awesome. It just leads you right into the four. Yeah. Also, the new trilogy is basically just fan service the films. So okay, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> made by what? Fans. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Force Awakens, um, we talked about it a lot, but uh, I did really, really enjoy Force Awakens, another movie that had me tearing up just with the Star Wars at the beginning. Um, I loved a majority of it. I recognize, even from the very beginning, I recognize that it is basically the original Star Wars, but my argument has always been that a majority of people were were burned by the prequels, and Disney had now acquired them, and they had to say... They had to show, like, we get Star Wars. We understand what you guys like. So the effects are practical. It's the hero's journey. Um, you get an incredible lightsaber battle that is probably... Um, I think Empire's the only one I like better. Yeah, than me that too. One. I love that lightsaber fight. It's so pretty. And, and it's more than anything about the characters that original Force Awakens, which I think the original trilogy as a whole, it's... At the end of the day, it is about those three characters and your love for them. And I feel like Force Awakens really captured that, even if the plot is derivative of the original. So why do you so we're all we all have very diverse opinions on these movies. Why do you guys think these new movies are so divisive? I um I I I don't know. Maybe it's just because like Force Awakens felt like a beginning to me and there was so much mystery behind it and I was so excited to see where it could go now. And I think with Last Jedi, the problem I have with Last Jedi, because I don't think I've talked about it in depth, was I think the first act is pretty good. I think the second act is not good. And I think the third act is amazing. And that is a roller coaster of emotions in a movie theater. And I think the problem with Last Jedi, the biggest problem is tone, I think. And also balancing the stories in the same way that films like Empire did, where, you know, Leia and Han go off and do their own thing but luke is the more important story and it's presented as the more important story whereas in last jedi all these stories are presented with the same amount of uh yeah no and i think that the problem also i think i think it's just the problem where there's uh needs to be an idea in place if you're it's it's great to have these different filmmakers go in and have their own interpretation of the film but if you're going to commit to a trilogy you really need one idea and one le- one person's yeah. vision to persist throughout the whole trilogy. And I think people want to do whatever they want to do with Star Wars, which is great. But if you set out to sell a three movie story, you need that. You need someone to pave the way for it. You need a Kevin Feige. Yeah. Uh huh. And I think I like Kevin Feige, but I think she was more like Ryan Johnson. Like, yeah. Ryan Johnson yeah. had a lot of freedom mm-hmm. making that film. Yeah, but uh, I think Ryan Johnson, like, he introduces characters really late into the trilogy. Yeah, I don't need And I think, like, Empire had Lando, and that's it. But. He's or, he's incorporated very organically. I think. Yeah. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. feel, like, out of place. But I feel like Holdo, I, like, I really don't like Holdo, and I don't like Rose. I don't, like, I don't like the writing. Like, people harass the actors. It's not their fault, yeah. Hilly Marie or something? Tran. Hilly uh, Marie Tran, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't like character at all, yeah. I just think the writing's bad. And, uh, yeah, I just don't... I feel like they stick out, and I don't understand the character motivations of them. I don't understand the character motivations of anybody. That's my biggest problem mm-hmm. with Last Jedi. And it's a shame, because I love... In Force Awakens, I love Rey and Finn and Poe, and I still really like these characters, but in The Last Jedi, I don't... They, like, Finn doesn't... is. Yeah, Finn doesn't... There's no real reason for Finn to be there. And, uh, 
Poe has way more screen time in Last Jedi, but it's a little like his his plot feels a little superfluous. And I like, he has a very solid arc, I would say. He goes from like the hothead mm-hmm. pilot that thinks like I can do this, I can defeat the First Order on my own, and then he transitions into the person that's like, no, we need a team, we need like save one life and save the millions. That like Ethan Hunt mentality, you know. His arc, I like his arc. Yeah. On paper, I just think everything around his arc is odd. And I'm nothing against, like, I don't know. Maybe, like, I don't dislike Holdo as a character. I think they introduced her really late, and her, uh, uh, we've had this conversation where it's like, why, she's like, we assume Poe would have taken command, but he was demoted. So I feel like she should I, be more in on what's going on, more aware of what's going on. I like Holdo as a character, but I think Poe's arc would have worked better. If it was Leia opposing him. Yes, I yes, completely I agree. That is a really good point. Because, mm-hmm. we, you know, we have a character that we already like, who's mature, who's was once young like him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like, that's not what a, being a leader is about, you know? And I don't trust Holdo. Like, I don't trust Holdo's mm-hmm. like, plan. I trust Carrie Fisher's. Or yeah. Holdo's, Holdo's framing as well. Like, the movie wants you, before you know her true intention, the movie wants you to dislike her. Mm-hmm. And so they... I, I did like her from the start because I like the actress. Oh, yeah. Um, What's her name? Laura Dern. Laura Dern, yeah. But, but it's like just the framing is like she she's secretive. She doesn't explain anything to Poe. She talks about how they need to evacuate. And it's framed in the perspective of Poe. And Poe sees that as a terrible idea. So the audience is led to believe mm-hmm. that's a terrible idea. And it's like... And then the audience should realize that they're wrong for sympathizing with Poe. And that Poe is the hothead in that situation. And... Once the true intentions are revealed, that Holdo was the correct one. I, I always think it. I always felt like it made sense that Holdo didn't reveal exactly her plan because I was, they know. Hmm. Okay, so they're being chased by the First Order, and the only way that can happen is they develop technology that's believed to be impossible, or there's a mole in yeah. there in their resistance that is very very small, and it makes sense for it to be the guy that just got demoted. They don't and, flesh that out. Yeah, they don't. Well, they I, don't. They I don't explore that in the plot. In the Force Awakens, it's established that the First Order has a spy network in place at Maz Kanata's casino thing. Oh, yeah. So oh, I yeah. thought I, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. There's a Battlestar it Galactica episode with the same plot called Thirty Three, where every thirty three minutes, the enemy Cylon fleet jumps forward to like the human fleet, and they have to figure out like how are they tracking us through like faster than light travel, mm-hmm. and they find that there's like a like a a beacon thing in the pilot center thing. And that's what I was... Uh, spy. Well, if you had, like, a Star Wars Departed, where it's, like, there's a spy in the Empire, and there's a spy in the Rebel, and they have to find each other. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a great idea. If, yeah, exactly. if Finn went to their ship and spied for oh, them shit. back and forth. That would be awesome. That's, again, like, Ken and I were talking about this before, but I don't think you can always get mad at a movie for what it isn't. So, like, a lot of that toxic culture, they were like, I watched videos for two years about how Snow keeps Darth Plagueis or Mace Windu or Obi-Wan, and he just died. He did, he's not even going to be in the last one. He just died, and that makes me angry. And I'm not necessarily saying that anyone feels that anyone in this room feels that way, but I think that is a non-negligible percentage of people that are mad at this movie because they had a very, very specific idea in their mind, and it wasn't exactly lived up to that. I'm not, I don't dislike the movie for what it is, or I should say, I don't dislike the movie for what I felt like it should be. I, I, I'm completely okay with everything that the film, it, all the ideas that the film has to offer. I just think that the ideas that they had to offer could have been fleshed out better. Yeah. Well, I don't like the execution. Mm-hmm. I was okay with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not on paper. Also, the Moss scene, uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. In The Last Jedi? Yeah. Yeah, that I sucks. like that it's canon that she's had sex with um, that one guy, the guy with the stupid lapel. Justin Trudeau. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to fly to the planet of Canada. Justin Thoreau. My biggest problem last year, I feel like every decision that is made is like born out of like stupidity. Like, I, no, not, not Ryan Johnson. I'm saying the character's decision. Or convenience. I'm saying like Finn and Ray's decision to go to Canto Bite and do all that, I don't really understand. And I, I, I think it, it makes no sense. What's their plan to get off? Because they don't have one. Like, what was their plan to have BB-8 get an RT? Parking yeah. on the beach is what gets them imprisoned. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. But, like, when I, in Empire, when 
something bad happens to Han when he goes to the astro field, it, it's because he's being chased, not because, like, I, I feel like that's why I want to figure that, like, he has to do that. But this is, like, because they didn't get anything done by actually going to the... Uh, yeah, the asteroid chase is a great character-building moment because Han yeah. has the confidence and bravado uh-huh. with a little bit of fear to mm-hmm. do this while everyone's like, what are you doing, yeah. you know? And when they go to the casino planet, I don't feel like there's a lot of character building going on. Yeah, I feel like we need something big. Also, every character that Harrison Ford plays plays is like, I'll make it up as I go along. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. even like Deckard and Indiana Jones. Is like... He never thinks of plans. No. <laughs> it's kind of ass. Mm-hmm. Do you guys like how Luke is por- like Luke's art in? Yes. Yes, that's I do. Favorite part of Last Jedi, I think okay. Luke is a character that's defined by his failure. He, you know, in every single movie, he fails. I think the only time he really succeeds is the Death Star Trench run. That's his only success. Um, and, you know, I like that theme of the film of failure is the best teacher. With the old expanding universe, people for years pictured Luke's Jedi Academy. And I wasn't, I didn't think that was quite interesting. And so I think the failure is, like, is way more compelling. Is there anything else we haven't touched on yet that you guys want to talk about it for Star Wars as a whole, for the franchise? I've been, uh, after Solo especially, last year I made me a little weary, but after Solo especially, I think I'm, don't, I'm burned out. (laughs) I don't want that much Star Wars content. And it's like, it's like, Star Wars used to be so special because it's not like Marvel. It's not like all these other franchises I love. It's limited. It's like, it's, before this new franchise, there were six films, and I thought there was going to be nine films. And then, um... It's just like they just keep adding more because why wouldn't they? It's a huge cash cow, except for Solo. And when I but. go into a Star Wars movie, and so I, I don't like the prequels, I don't like Solo, and I don't like Best of Life, probably five. And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a 50 50 I'm going to like the movie. That's not very good. Because I go into a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. I'll, probably like, I'll probably enjoy it no matter what. It may not be to the level of Empire Strikes Back for the most part, but I'm going to enjoy it. And I, with Star Wars, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Like, I walked into Solo, it's like, I heard all the controversy about this film. I'm probably going to dislike it. And so I, that's just a bad, bad factor. So I feel yeah. like Star Wars, for me, is the original trilogy. And unless J.J. Abrams is somehow able to bring it back, it's just going to be the original trilogy for a while. I just don't want Star Wars to not be special anymore. Like, I don't want it to be like, like with Marvel, with Ant-Man and the Wasp, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see another Marvel movie. Let's just get, let's uh, check this one off. And then with Star Wars, I don't want it to feel like that. Do you think it would be possible for them to win back your, like, your your favor? Do you think they, you'd be, they would be able to, like, reel you back in if the next one was good? I think they could make films I really enjoy, but I don't know if it'll have the same feeling that I had during Force Awakens, where it's like, oh my god, this is a Star Wars movie. I'm in theaters for a Star Wars movie. This is the biggest thing in the world. And it's like, I that's the thing. It's not uh, it's not the quality that frightens me. It's the quantity. Yeah, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I do think I could enjoy a film as much, like objectively as a film, as much as I enjoyed Force Awakens. I think Disney could make another film I like as much as that one. But. I think after episode 9, they should just stop doing things that were near like I, as much as I would like an Obi Wan movie, I don't need it. I'd rather them because that's more potential of me to make, mess it up. So like, if Dan and DB are making a trilogy, have it hundred years before, hundred years after, do something crazy with it. Mm-hmm. The um, do you guys remember the Star Wars: The Force Unleashed game back in like yes. oh my god, it was awesome. So the story kind of fan fictiony, but I had the art book for that, and they they had like thirty different ideas for that game. Mm-hmm. One of the ideas was. This, you would play through the story of the very first Force user, and it would have been like like Japanese medieval like samurai swords. Like the last Airbender. Oh my god! Exactly. That's awesome. No, oh no, like sci-fi stuff. Like I feel awesome. Yeah, like me too. Like and like the brother would be like the first dark side user, and it would be like a you know two princes like turn against each other. You know. Oh. So I've always felt like if D and D like maybe it's a bit too close to Game of Thrones, that would be an awesome route for them to take. You know, like yeah. the ver- the That'd origin cool. of the Force. I think, speaking of the Force, I think that the way they could conclude, like, the Skywalker saga is to have it so that they, like, democratize the Force. Because the Force always has to be in balance. My opinion, that's why the First Order rose up as soon as the Empire fell, basically, is because this Force always has to be in balance. So, if you 
have a world where there aren't really Jedi or Sith. It's just that the Force is allowed to be used by everyone, including Broom Kid, who cried at that point because that was me as a kid. <laughs> we, were, we were walking out of the theater, and Ethan was like, I think he grabbed the broom with the Force. Yeah, and I was like, no. He grabbed it with the Force. I'm like, Ryan, I swear to God, he did. And Jedi kid. We walked out. We walked. <laughs> no, neither Jedi nor Sith. That's why I, 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 We walked. We walked out of Last Jedi. We were completely silent. We got to like Regal where the bathrooms are, and I was like, Ethan, what was up with the casino planet? And he's been complaining about Last Jedi for the past two years. <laughs> That's not for two years. I know, he will be. <laughs> not for less than one. Uh, he will be for the next this two years. This podcast will be released on the two year anniversary yes. of The Last Jedi. We have to wait now. I'm sorry, <laughs> outdated us. One last thing I want to mention is um, I think this Star Wars is a great introduction to mythology you mentioned the hero journey before george lucas consulted joseph campbell when writing the screenplay for the first film and i think one reason that i feel like one thing is lacking in the new films is mythology i don't i always Mm. saw star wars as a thing that was larger than life um something something epic and grand and i think with the exception of the the Rey and Kylo stuff, I don't really feel that in any of the other characters. Like, I don't think... There's no mythological archetypes and themes going on. In, in my dream world, so you say you want the Force to be defensive. I, like, I feel like the Force and just the Skywalkers in general has caused so much harm. Like, I feel like in my ideal ending for the Skywalker saga, it's just like the Skywalkers are gone, all Jedi and Sith are gone, and it's just like a normal universe, and like, there's no... <laughs> it's boring. And... Yeah. That's basically what I'm saying, except you think people shouldn't be like allowed to use the Force, or just shouldn't have the Force power? Well, to me, the Force always felt, felt like earned, and I don't feel like Broom Kid earned it. <laughs> you don't know what Broom Kid's been through. He's like the animals. It's a tough job, man. Part of me, I don't think Ray earns it like Luke earns it, because Ray. Because Ray's been there for a week, and you know, I feel like Last Jedi's whole thing is about failure. I think she doesn't. To me, she doesn't fit. Like the tone of the movie right. at the end. Like I can see someone being like, she fails an ideology, like she fails in converting Kylo. But I feel like if they wanted that, like the tone of the movie at the end is happy, and I feel like yeah, like, and there's like, like it's not happy, it's hopeful because they. I don't think it's children of men is hopeful. It's the same, it's the same hopeful that you feel after Empire because like. Empire is about every single character I, in that movie mm. losing over and over again. And then they it ends with them looking at like out at the galaxy and you like know on a personal level, even though you have no reason to believe this, that our heroes will be okay. And that is the same feeling I felt at the end of Last Jedi. My uh, my thing about Last Jedi is it's like they have like fifteen people on the Millennium Falcon and they're like, We'll be fine. And, <laughs> you know, the next film it'll be like a time skip and yeah. the rebellion's yeah. back at full force yeah. and they do And I'm like it's a free- I don't like to change it because once again you talk about how the world building and like how the first order is a terrorist group. Like somehow the it becomes the resistance and slowly turns into the rebellion. And I just don't mm-hmm. understand why or like yeah. where yeah. or how. Everybody. Yeah. Like, what was all the original original trilogy for if it's merely going to get turned over in like I like this force awakens? This takes over like two weeks. Yeah. Because they're one right after the other. And I just I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I do sympathize with the argument that like. Last Jedi, they conquered the galaxy in the text call. Yeah. Well, Salt Planet was he do it all. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Salt. It's, gonna, it's not hot. It's salt. The market. Let's get a movie uh, about like the janitors of Star Wars. Or you like know? the salt train. What's that one game? What's that called? Where it's like there's this giant viscera cleanup yeah. center. Yeah. <laughs> all the meat's gonna be like spoiled. I do have to mention there was one game I played that was exactly that Star Wars Galaxy an MMO that was such a core part of my childhood because it was like an MMO where you were just a normal person in the Star Wars Star Wars world I was a musician that sell drugs on the side <laughs> and I death had, sticks exactly yeah death sticks and spice were the two things <laughs> My buddy, my buddy was a smuggler who was like a drug dealer, and he That's gave awesome. me the, the stuff. And that game is what I want in Star Wars. You know, the the fictional world 
with the mythological stuff in the background. I just love it. You know, it feels like a Blade Runner Star Wars. What do you mean? Dark. Yeah. It's going through, I hate uh-huh. the city planets in all the movies. Like, Rogue One is barely in it. But, like, I don't like it in the prequels. Like, I think it just looks weird and kind of out of place. Oh, what if it's about, like, a. It's got a mustache. What if it's about, like, a Republic. Like, a cop trying to hunt down the last of the Imperial, like, Ooh. generals and stuff? Oh, shit. That it's would just be. Blade yeah, but it'd be awesome. <laughs> A bounty hunter just hunting them. Oh, or a bounty hunter, yeah. Star Wars 1313 was oh, a canceled yeah, video game right. about young Boba Fett going into the subterranean Coruscant sectors. It and looked awesome. Have you guys heard about the Boba Fett? Like, what they want for the movie? Like, someone finds the Mandalorian armor on Tatooine and, like, basically takes the man. It's like, all oh. the takes the mantle of Boba Fett and does, like, becomes, like, this. Like Hercules with Dwayne Johnson? So oh, God. <laughs> why do you have to Because <laughs> he's not actually Hercules. He's. Hercules in the movie. This is a Hercules podcast thing. <laughs> okay, well, next time. Okay. I could talk about Greek mythology for a lot, but not that. Not that. Uh, this is com- completely off topic, but I just want to say, because I was hanging out with my friend the other night, and we were talking about how certain films and TV shows like struck in, strike a nerve with you. And often, if I'm alone watching something, I could be moved to tears by certain scenes. And one thing that consistently brings me to tears I'm choking up right now is um, the trench run and the ending of the trench run yeah, where the awesome. music keeps building and uh, Han sweeps in swoops in and saves the day Darth Vader's go make the trench shot he does the side oh, they God. fly away target so like close up boom and the music I get chills I cry and it's like that, in that moment, Luke, that's like his cosmic apotheosis, the point where he goes from God or man to God. He has embraced the force. He has rejected technology. He has become superior. And the, I, I feel in the same way, that is the moment where like, that is like cinema's apotheosis, where the sound, the visuals, the sound design, the music, the action, the movement, everything comes together and it's elevated into something new and un... It's, yeah. You can't replicate the the perfection of that scene. Awesome. I, I I just love... that. Wow. That is Star Wars. The trench run is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's an incredible place to leave it. And thank, thank you. you for joining us. This was so much fun. I love talking about Star Wars with you guys. I know we could do it for like literally hours, but... This is part one of ten. <laughs> ten, where can people find more of your artwork? I have a Tumblr blog called The Adventures of Noondo. That's N-O-O-N-D-O-O at uh, Tumblr. And I am I post a webcomic based on a Dungeons & Dragons game back home, as well as some schoolwork. And I'll be posting some more stuff there. I have a, uh, <laughs> I have a band camp where I release music, and I just started doing it. I've released two songs, I believe, about a few days ago. It's called The Employment Pages, and uh, I'm hoping to release, hopefully I can make an entire, like, 12-song album soon, and um, if my mic works, that's been a problem <laughs> recently, but um, yeah, if you want to check that out, that would be, uh, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, our podcast art comes from this guy, Ted Ryan. That's me. Our intro song is Bistro by Mad Villain, and thank you to Anchor for making this podcast possible. Thanks to my co-host. Thank you. I'm Clayton. I'm Ryan. I'm Ethan. And I'm guest star Ted Ryan. And have a great day. This podcast will make a fine addition to my collection.